On the show today, it's the Total Pebble Knockdown Holiday Spectacular with laughs, tears, and fears. Now, please welcome your hosts and musical guests in three, two, one. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Total Pebble Knockdown Holiday Extravaganza. Extravaganza is definitely what it'll be. Yeah, and I'm Nathan. And I am in the holiday spirit, I guess, and I'm Alex. That's right, and we're going to have a great old time. I can't do this, Alex. No? I can't can't do it. I can't do it. Bah humbug. Bah humbug. Hum screw, bug. screw the holidays. I'm done with it. I'm already done with it. It's not even the holidays yet. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. Fuck this. We're out of here. I'm surprised you didn't just walk off screen. I can't. I have the earbuds. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of screwed. I can't even move, Alex. I can't even leave the studio. And it is covered in snow, so. Yeah, there's so much snow outside. Now I gotta plow that. This is an annoying time of year. Let's just all admit it. I I haven't been admitting that for 35 years. Yeah, well, good. Everybody else is catching up. December's my least favorite month. When you have a birthday in the month of Christmas, you suddenly decide December sucks. Yeah, you got screwed out of this, too. (laughs) It's stressful. We got to come up with these Christmas specials. It's annoying. Good thing we've got a good writer. We don't have a writer. <laughs> oh, right. They they went away for the holidays, too. That's right. Damn you, Cratchit. Anyway, I think we should just all go home. Cut, cut, cut the whole thing, guys. We're just cutting the whole thing. Unless we get visited by, like, a few spirits that are going to make us remember how wonderful the holidays are, I don't think we can do this. Go to a cut. Cut. The Total Pebble Knockdown Holiday Spectacular is experiencing some technical difficulties. We're just recalibrating the reindeers for a minute, and we will return right now. Ah, Alex! You sound scared, Nathan. I did, I saw ghosts! Ghosts? I did! Shaggy? I did! I saw ghosts! There were four of them! Four ghosts? Yeah! What'd they look like? They looked like, um, sheets, but like rounded sheets. And they had names. And they were called Blinky and Pinky and Inky and Clyde. I think they were the Pac-Man ghosts. Did they try to eat you? They did. Then I found a big pellet, and I chased them away. Before I chased them away, though, they told me that uh, we would be visited by the spirit of gaming past, present, and future to teach us about the true meaning of gaming it, this time of year, I guess. The spirit Strange. Of, well, they didn't really speak very well. Like, they mostly spoke in wah, 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 and I had to interpret it from there. Well, makes more sense now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know... Besides that, I think I kind of understood what they were going for. Okay. I I think we're going on a trip back to the way, way long ago to explain what was great about our life before in the past times. 
During the royal game of Ur. A is that game too far? I've is never too far back. Oh god, no, that's too far. We can't go that far back. Probably inside of our lifetime. I think that that would oh. make more sense. Okay. So let's do that. All aboard the nostalgia train. Woot woot. The ghosts are back. Let's talk a little bit about gaming past. Sure. Which past? Which games? That's a good question. I was going to say uh, that I was going to talk about games that I remember playing back when I was but a little-in. I don't know if you remember... Mad. <laughs> that was a long time ago when I was a little-in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing card games. That was, like, the big thing for me once upon a time. Oh, Parts. yeah, the ba back before these fang-dangled video games. Yeah, well, even when I had video games. Because uh, I would learn how to play Hearts from Mom, and Dad taught me how to play Cribbage, and uh, then there was, of course, like, Mancala, some good old classics. Um, Sounds like your parents need someone to play games with. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason I'm alive. I do remember playing uh, my my original system, and this was this was my original system at least was uh, the NES. Ah, nice. Yes. Where I came in. Technically, also the NES, despite being a bit uh, younger than you are. Uh, you know, I have two older sisters. Right. So we had an NES, and then I went from the NES to a PlayStation Two. Now, see, I went to friends' houses beforehand. When I would go to my friends' houses, they had the Atari 2600. And the Atari 2600 had, like, the Pac-Man and all of that good stuff. You know, besides the Pac-Man, I don't really remember a lot of the stuff that was on the Atari. We didn't play That's a lot. fine. Yeah. The controls fine. were interesting. Remember the joystick? Yeah, just the joystick. And the two buttons. It's yeah. pretty simple. But anyway, NES, though, classic. Yeah. Classic. Super Mario Brothers. Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Where you just hold the gun against the screen. The and... light gun. Yeah. Yep. That was like the first time that you could actually do that with the light gun. That was great. The light gun was pretty cool. I did. You would. You just hold it up against the screen and click, 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 click. That was great. That's actually one of those technologies that I, I'm kind of surprised didn't get more play outside of arcades afterward. Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, yeah. I guess VR kind of utilizes some of that, but not the same kind of technology. And considering it was like the 80s, it's it's pretty impressive stuff. They also had that Robbie the Robot. Yes. I was going to say, Nathan, while we're talking about games of the past and whatnot, what was the first uh, video game that you like remember like playing and being like, wow, this is great? Obviously, the stuff Sorry. that was... Yeah. First game. It doesn't have to be a video game. It doesn't have to be a video game. Okay. Well, I would say that if it, it was a like a tabletop game, I do remember liking Monopoly oh. uh, for the for the reason that I really did want to be like a landlord. Look at all of the stuff that I get, build my, build out my hotels. Now knowing more of the rules set, I'm kind of like going, oh, I probably wasn't playing this right. Nor was See, anyone. My, my sisters would always cheat at Monopoly, so. How do you cheat at Monopoly? Well, I would have to go to the bathroom or something, get up and leave the room, and they'd just steal money. Oh, they would just take money. Yeah. yeah they'd yeah. just be like, yoink. 
that seems like the most Monopoly thing to do anyway. Really, it really does. Yeah. You know, besides that, I mean, I remember Mancala. Great mm-hmm. classic game. I would play Parcheesi. That's always oh, a great one. Trivial Pursuit was always a big one in my family. Oh, yeah, Trivial Pursuit. That's always a great... That's, that's a good one. The it's prob- a outdated now. It was outdated at the time. I think the yeah. problem that I had was that the Trivial Pursuit questions that they had that were out of the box would make sense to people who were, like, of an older generation. Mm. But I had no idea what it was. You had yeah. to get, like, the junior cards or something for me to even reference anything. <laughs> But in terms of uh, the video games, I mean, obviously the ones that were out of the gate for me for the NES, that would have been the, the Super Mario-Duck Hunt combination. Uh, and while I like the technology of Duck Hunt, I do remember, like, Super Mario was a little bit more iconic for me. Um, yeah. What I really remember, though, is that after I got the, the Duck Hunt and the Super Mario, my parents probably played more Super Mario than I did. Like, they'd be up late at night, like, kind of going, ooh, we got to stage three, <laughs> three, three, or something. So I think that by the time I really got around to actually playing, playing something, um, it was probably, like, Super Mario 3. I think by three, the time 3 came out, that was really the... Best of the three Super Mario games. You got the overworld, you could actually move around the board, there were power-ups that were really cool, yeah. Yeah. That, you yeah. got the Tanuki suit, that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I played some of that because it did have the NES, um, but I actually got a, like, computer probably around when it was Windows 95. You know, my parents had got me, I think one of the guys my mom worked with that helped and got a computer. So my first video game on computer was actually Command & Conquer Red Alert. So that game holds a lot of nostalgia for me. And so when they remastered it recently and they did it with the old graphics and new graphics and they actually got some of the old people that worked on it from Westwood yeah, uh, to work on it that work at, I think, Petroglyph now. They formed mm. a new company after EA bought it. I was like, oh, I'm getting this. <laughs> right. So, yeah, my, my earlier games are like Nintendo and then like Command & Conquer Red Alert. When I got my computer... I had an old, like, Power Mac once upon a time. And I remember, even before that, oh, I'm going way back, I had a Tandy. Remember the Tandys where you had CDOS commands that you would put into it? There were some games loaded on that that were not good. They They were not great. I don't remember what my parents had, but they had one of the the old MS-DOS computers, too, way back when. So we definitely had some floating 3.5A and... Five and a half, uh, like five inch floppies that had some of the shitty text based games on there, and I'd try oh, to yeah. play those, you know? That reminds me, because like back in that day, too, uh, in school, they would have the, the old computers that took the big floppy disks. Mm-hmm. And so I remember a few things from that. There, there was like Math Muncher. Do you remember the Muncher games where you had the little Muncher that would have to go around and you'd have to like munch the correct equations? stuff like that vaguely yeah are we gonna consider like typing tutor as a game probably not i'd prefer not to and it's like typing of the dead (laughs) that might that might count although one thing that does stand out that i remember we did have in school was oregon trail yes um i think that was fifth grade that we had to play that when we were learning about the oregon trail Mm -hmm. it's kind of great that they actually had those in school because that was actually like a fun game (laughs) And now, now we have games like The Oregon Trail. 
because we've grown up and become cynical now. <laughs> you know what we actually do need, now that you're saying this, we've got a, games, a lot of games like Greedfall and stuff that come out. Somebody please do a 3D full open world survival adventure Oregon Trail. I want that. Yeah. That'd be that'd great. Be, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be terrible, but it'll be fantastic. That's the game that we all want. Please, yes. Give me the survival game that is just the Oregon Trail. If somebody's not working on that, I'm very disappointed. When I got my computer, though, like an actual computer computer, um, actually one of the first games that I had was probably like Deus Ex, but I remember once upon a time when they had shareware. And so a lot of the old, old games that I used to play beforehand were from, like, Ambrosia Software or from Spiderweb Software. Uh, that would be, like, the old classic CRPGs or, yeah. like, Escape Velocity, some of the ones that were outgrowths of the arcade games. Um, because they didn't really go to arcades very much. Um, you know, they kind of went out of style. Yeah, they hit their peak in, like, the early 80s, and that's when I was born. So, there you go. Yeah. Been to some arcades, but that was much later. The first games that really grabbed me, grabbed me, uh, like, my, my real attention would have probably been something like Escape Velocity, that was from Ambrosia. Um, uh, Baldur's Gate, like the original Baldur's Gate, when that, when that had originally come out. And, uh, yeah, Deus Ex, which at the time ran so incredibly slowly that I was basically just waiting for about ten minutes between loading screens, where yeah. I'd just be like, well, I'm gonna go someplace and then come back. Which is why it became, like, a benchmark game for me after that, where it's mm -hmm. like, every time I got a new computer, how well does Deus Ex run on this? And so... Too well. So now, when I bought the, the new one, I was just fascinated with the fact that it now runs so quickly that you actually have to get a mod because it doesn't function properly if you don't mod it out. It just, like, I got to the point where it runs so quickly on the old version of Deus Ex that you run immediately from point A to point B while all the dialogue stacks up on top of each other because oh, it doesn't expect it to run that quickly. And it becomes practical, like, even when I'm... Even when I was crouching, you press the button just a little bit forward, like the W key just to go a little bit forward, and you go halfway across the screen. It becomes unplayable. It's fascinating to see the level of technology go through where it's like, oh, I get the third generation iMac instead of the first generation. Now I only wait five minutes. What are the ones that you'd want to go back and play today? I did mention Command & Conquer Red Alert. Uh, yeah. They did the remaster, so I have it. I played a little bit of it and just not touched it since because I haven't had the energy. Pokemon, again, I played a bunch of that. Teens. Mm -hmm. um, on the original Game Boy. Um, sorry, I had a Game Boy Pocket back then. Pocket. So Pokemon's uh, yellow and blue. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry. First one I got was actually yellow version. The one where you actually get Ash's Pikachu and Team Rocket is Jesse and James. Um, yes. And then I had uh, red and blue and, and silver. So, you know, those are great. And those are still nostalgic to go back and play now with emulators or i still have the physical cartridges so i can do that games i would still go back and play i i would like to see a newer version of like legacy of kane that's when i played uh teenage years again that's over a decade ago so that qualifies right uh, those are great those are fun i'd like to see a remaster because they're a bit dated at this point you reminded me too that my first uh handheld system was the original game boy Yes. And that was given to me by my Aunt Carmen, 
who's unfortunately no longer with us. But Carmen had gotten obsessed with Tetris on that system, and to to the point where then she would she she showed me, and I was playing Tetris, and she said, "You know what? It's probably better if you have this because I can't stop playing it." So, so you take the system; it's it's yours now. And so from there, I, I played things like Pokemon and everything past that. But yeah, Tetris is still a, a pretty addictive one to. Lots of Tetris variants these days. So. Yes, games that I would uh, go back and play that I haven't already. Next. Well, yeah, we already know that I'm gonna do that because I I did the ones that I think I played uh, were uh, some of the the older RPGs. When it suited me, surprisingly enough, actually, the ones that I go back to are still like some of the Fallout games, because it's kind of scary to think. But like Fallout Three was back in 2008, Knights of the Old Republic was like 2004, Fable. I've gone back to play Fable, and some of those other games, and those those were back in the early 2000s. What I found though that is kind of interesting is that games that came out in like the 90s. Are very difficult to play for me now. When they used yes. to be real simple, like yep. they used to be real easy. Um, one because uh, I'm not used to the controls anymore. Mm-hmm. But they come become so outdated that it's kind of hard to, you know, we've gotten very used to the modern conveniences of gaming. Yeah, and、um, so going back to it is tricky. Well, I did that when I played、um, the Diablo 2 remaster. Reef,、uh, whatever they called it, resurrected. Resurrected. Thank you.、Um, when I played that, and I was like, okay, they updated the graphics, but they kept the gameplay very much the same, and it was just, wow, this is still cool, like I remember. But also, some of these little inconveniences are really annoying. Where in a modern landscape, that wouldn't be an issue. Can you conceive of the fact that we played like for hundreds of hours in、yeah. Diablo 2,、mm-hmm. knowing the controls? That、yep. <laughs> I remember going over to my friend's house, and and he would have Diablo two, and we would sit there. It's a single player thing; we can't both play, but we'd be sitting there together at the computer for hours on end. Oh, and then the other one that we played that I can't play today is Morrowind. Like yeah, like we would sit there for entire days. Like he'd come over at the very beginning of the day, and Danny and I would sit there until nighttime, like twelve hour days. Tooling around in Morrowind, I can't do it now. No, because the framework、hard. of Morrowind doesn't work for me anymore. I can't、mm-hmm. go through those those log books trying to figure、yeah. out what the hint was. The system doesn't work now, and it's amazing to think that once upon a time, when we were younger, we had more patience and tolerance for this than、yeah. I do now for the、mm-hmm. way the games were built.、Um, Yeah, I, I I can't do it anymore. I suppose that's something that gets lost over the course of time. You know, is、yeah. is just the like your your ability. Maybe because we just have so many other things that we're doing on a day to day basis. That maybe, like, yeah. Like once upon a time when they told me that there was a game that was like hundreds of hours long that you could get immersed in, I was like, cool. Now I think, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time, excellent. Now it's like、uh, I don't have the time for this. This is going to be like with as much、Growing、time as I- sucks. <laughs> yeah, all this, all this sucks. 
All going through this memory lane of, of Christmas uh, nostalgia of Games Pass shows me that is that growing up sucks. <laughs> well, well, you know what though, Alex, we're gonna be visited by another ghost in a second. Hopefully, my own. I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be visited by another ghost, and we're gonna be talking about stuff we like in the present. Present Pebble Knockdown. Present Pebble Knockdown, full of presents. Maybe that will cheer you up. Maybe. We have been visited by the ghost of gaming presents. Ghost of Tsushima? Which is a present game. I'm going to consider that a present game. I have not played it, so I can't really discuss it. But Fair, me either. For the, uh, for the, the interest of framework, I would say that your gaming present as it is is the last just couple years. Okay. So okay. nothing too far in the past. Uh, but I wanted to just kind of talk about games from the last just couple years, even this year, that just kind of made you happy, that you remember fondly, that you were, that reinvigorated your interest in... Gaming. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> okay, maybe there haven't been nearly as many of those, unfortunately, but the ones that made you happy to play. Well, I, w- I would start off with a uh, 5th edition D&D. Yes. Because I did a game with David uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I had a game uh, with you and Ray and my son. And uh, generally speaking, the games that I've had of that over the last couple of years have been pretty good. And those have been enjoyable. I know there are other systems that are uh, lighter or heavier or better for different things. But uh, I enjoy the stories and being able to play that game and in general being able to play games. Um, yeah. Um... So for Tabletop, definitely that one. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, and then drinking quest. Uh, since I've got this chug lock shirt on, you got the chug lock shirt on. Um, yeah. I remember playing that with some friends. Cards Against Humanity as well. Uh, been a few years since I played either of those. Yeah, probably because I work overnights and nobody wants to do anything when I'm awake now. That's <laughs> a little problem, but that's okay. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I liked playing D and D. Like I like I I had the game with Dom that was great, and we we had we had the game where I got to play Bard that was that was fun that was super fun, um, and I've had the live stream games that I've gotten to play mostly with DC, and those are always great. It's interesting because when we started this uh, project back originally when it was Delve, before we even did TPK, I was very unfamiliar with games altogether. Uh, and now have gone to actually actively playing it on forums where people see me play it, which is right. Weird. It's crazy, and I, I I haven't done that. I haven't played on any anything where someone's yeah. seen me play it. Yeah, that's a that's a future thing. Oh, that's great! A, I'm sure you're thrilled about that. If um, I'm a player, maybe not as a not as a not DM. not running the thing. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't think you want to do that. Um, there haven't been a lot of systems beyond that that I've tried, uh, except for like, um, uh, what, 1879, and obviously when I did Rift Hunters, uh, we were we were doing Open Legend and stuff like that. But mostly, mostly what I've ended up playing is, is 5e. Um, and, you know, for all of the people that will critique it, uh, I must say that 
as far as the 800-pound gorilla of tabletop goes, uh, 5e D&D isn't a bad one. Like, it's, like, you know, you can, you can make your criticisms, and there's plenty to be made about the framework or what you're looking for in, in an RPG, but 5e is not a bad game at, no. by any measure. And I think that in terms of, you know, understanding any kind of genre, it's really helpful to know what the biggest player inside of it is, and it's, it's kind of hard to deny that Dungeons & Dragons is the largest tabletop entity <laughs> that there is yeah. in the system. Um, it's been fun looking at some of the stuff that they want to do for one D&D, but I don't know if people are going to adapt to it directly just because 5e's become so ingrained over the last eight years or so that it's been, like, the the system. Um, so, so there is that. Uh, yeah, no, tabletop games, I do enjoy those. I've, I've found myself liking a lot of board games. The only problem is that I never have anyone to play with. Uh, so I have to find ones that usually like my parents or, or friends that I have around here, which are very minimal, are going to be able to do. I can't really do a lot of, like, really, um, complex games that have a lot of moving parts. No Scythe or Gloomhaven, huh? No Scythe or Gloomhaven. I'm hoping that this year, uh, because I did buy it, like, last year and it's still sealed in the box, is Catan. There you uh, go. Because I've played the dice version of Catan, but I haven't played the actual board game of Catan. But the one that I always really liked, uh, recommendation, good recommendation, is, uh, Carcassonne. If you've never played yeah. Carcassonne. Great game, real easy for people to get into, uh, simple to pick up, uh, addictive once you actually start, where you get to lay down the tiles and stuff. Mm. Um, I also like that we got to play Suro when I was over there the one time. Yes. Move your dragons across the board and bonk each other in the head. That's always fun. Um, uh, video games, though, that's, um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I, like, I've been looking over my, uh, 2022 games list that I usually do, you, you get my best to worst list, uh, for the year. And this year's been kind of light in terms of, like, games that were standouts. The games that really involved me more were probably from, like, last year or the year before. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was actually one of the surprisingly uh, good ones that I ended up playing this year. Yeah. Um, uh, did you play No Man's Sky at all? I did play a lot of No Man's Sky. Actually, No Man's Sky is one that I came back to after having originally played it in, like, 2016. Right, when it was bad. <laughs> when it was bad, yeah. Well, I, I played it right after Next came out, so there was at least a little bit more on the bones, so I'm in 2017-18. Mm. But uh, I picked back up where I was at and uh, got to see all of the new stuff that they put into it. And so that held my attention a lot longer than the first time. Mm. Um but, yeah, no, I'd say Cyberpunk was probably one of my happiest uh, surprises for the year. Yeah. Because uh, when it first came out, yeah, it was a mess. Mm. <laughs> it was a mess. But having gotten to play it now, and I'm so happy that I didn't play it earlier, playing it now really reminded me what you can do with, like, an epic RPG. Because they have been sorely lacking in the last few years. Um, we haven't really gotten... Have. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you played it, I played it, I liked the world building, I liked the the scope 
like the, the the general scope that they were trying to go for and the ambition of the project. Uh, I, I just wish that it hadn't come out before they had done more actual work to it to make sure that it was indeed polished. I, I realized, because I'm putting together a list of like my top 20 favorite games, not yeah. best games, but my personal favorite games. Well, you don't have to spoil your your list if you're doing that, so... Right, right. But I guess what I would basically say is that in that, there's only really a couple that came out in the last few years that are on that list. Yeah. Most of them are a lot older. A lot of the games I've played a bunch of are a little bit older. I mean, the last year or two has been like No Man's Sky, uh, did a fair amount of Cyberpunk, Farming Simulator 2022, we played that for a bit. And then you tried it with us as well. Um, we just broke the physics of the game. We just made horses fly. Uh, the Hunter Call of the Wild, one of the strange hits for me. Like, I haven't played in a while, but... Um, oh, yeah. Hundreds of hours of hunting. There was some surprise... Like, Vampire Survivors, I didn't think I was going to play for any length I, of time. I, I won't play it, because I don't want to have to get, tell get, people they're right. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to get sucked into that. No, no, trust me. It's devastatingly simple, and then before you know it, you've wasted most of your life. Here's a good one that Ray got me early for my birthday, and we've been playing a bit of, uh, actually, is Pokemon Scarlet. Oh, Since the okay. new gen Pokemon games came out. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, aside from some performance issues on the Switch's half, um, you know, because it's not the best system, it's not that powerful. Um, surprisingly really good. Mm. Um... It feels... I, I don't know if you played Arceus. No, no. I don't have a it Switch, takes, so... Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So it takes the Breath of the Wild type formula mm-hmm. of open world exploration, which Arceus did as well, uh, except this time it's actually more like a mainline Pokemon game. So there are Pokemon battles and trainers, and you can change their movesets, and breeding is back. And all the stuff that I was hoping would be in Arceus that they took out because it was a lot lighter exploration-focused game. And they put it back in uh, to this, mm-hmm. and it just it feels like a real Pokemon game now. Like, Arceus yeah. was fine. I liked what they did. Yeah. But this one is just... It, it's good. It's solid. It, there's gems. There's a Pokemon-level story. Yeah. Which is to say, it's not the greatest story, but it's... it's can't be it's in line with pokemon games are you trying to be the very best like no one ever was well this one um gives you more options it's like here's like here's three different like main storylines that are going on Mm -hmm. and one is your like the team rocket equivalent gang or whatever that you have to stop um one is the gyms and the other is there are these titan pokemon in these mystery herbs that you have to do. And then at the end later on, there's this big area that you can't get to right now. Okay. Um, or I can't get to right now. I assume after you beat the Elite Four and whatnot, you can go to this Area Zero, as I think it's called, or Area One. Sure. Um, and I think that's like in-game content, where there's probably a lot more powerful Pokemon and a lot more challenges, so... Sure. Oh, well, that's good. Um, that's and that good. one's actually, it's its pretty fun, honestly. Uh, yeah. It feels more like what older, you know, mainline Pokemon games felt like, but it's, you know, open world, and you can go wherever you want. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. So. Because that's what I liked about the original Pokemon anyway. 
Yeah, so instead of being the linear experience that older, like, Game Boy Pokemon was, because, let's face it, it was. It was go to town, go to town, go to town, go to town. You can do this in any way you want. You're, like, you, uh, you're in the academy, actually. You're going to school. And they're okay. like, hey, we're having a treasure hunt. Um, so, essentially, find your treasure. Go do what you want. This is, like, a year-long thing or whatever. It's just part of the, your class. Yeah. Is to go do this, like, explore and learn. And it's like, okay. So it doesn't tell you what's, like, the first gym you should go to. Right. It doesn't tell you where to go. It just goes, here's the locations of things. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Good luck. And so maybe you'll wander into an area and go, oh, shit, these guys are level 50 and I'm level 10. Time to run away. Um, Perfect. And I think that's great because it's, okay, well, now I have to be smart. Or I can, and you can see all the Pokemon in the wild, so you can just evade most of them. Actually, more recently real recently actually i played something called uh potion craft yes i remember you talking about this well what i talked about before i think was potionomics oh i'm sorry wrong potion there's there's a lot of there's also a potion permit that came out like the same year there's a lot of potion things people want to make potions man it reminds me of the atelier series that was always about like making stuff too but um i think i i tried one of those did you try an atelier yeah. It was like I think terrible. I think Meruru was one of my favorites or Rorona. Uh, this but... is Atelier Riser or something. It's a JRPG, okay. right? Yep, they're JRPGs where you, where this you one put was... different elements into the pot and you can make different items and craft yeah, them. Yeah, no, I played like 30 minutes of this. Maybe maybe like 10 minutes of it. And like Wasn't the your controls were just so janky right at the get-go. And I was yeah. like, mm, like no, I can't do this refund. I'll tell you, I uh, I played, I I I've played several of the Atelier games, and I think that the one thing that I was not happy about is that they have essentially a time frame on them, uh, which basically means that like after two years in game, and like they they track your time as you're doing stuff. After two years, the game kind of goes, okay, the story's over now, and the, oh, the, the okay. game just kind of ends wherever you got to and they That's say how do oh i'm starting to finally outfit all of my characters there's new areas to go and then you hit that like that time and they're kind of like going wow you've had some pretty great adventures here in this town and i guess it's time to pack it on in and then the game ends i think we could do a whole segment about on like the that. economy of this yeah the just the sudden stopping but anyway, Potion Craft doesn't do that, luckily. Uh, potion, potion Craft, you can just play for as many days as you want. The actual ingredients don't have properties to them. They basically create pathways on this uh, grid. Like You can almost think of it like a, a map of the seed, but it's uh, trying to get you to different potions that you can unlock. And so okay. each, each one of the flowers or geodes or mushrooms or whatever... Uh, has a certain kind of like pathway that it follows to get you through there and so the idea is to avoid all of like the hazards uh and utilize the different elements that you have to try and get to the the best possible version of a potion maybe create multiple elements on them uh by utilizing the different things that you get and of course none of them none of them are straight lines they (laughs) they always have to be Weird, uh, weird, weird ways to, to get around the map. And then you sell those potions and haggle with uh, the people that are coming along. And some of them want to use it to break into people's houses. And you can decide if you want to sell to them. 
uh, or yes, some hundred percent the yeah. best customers. That does change your reputation, though. If you sell to people that do are doing bad things, it lowers your reputation. And if you sell no, to people that are doing they, good they things, need, with it, it goes see, up. See, can't do that. You just need to have like an infamy and then a reputation thing. Because then, if you keep selling to those bad people, obviously it's risky. But then more bad people will come to you. Yeah, that, I I noticed that, which is why I I like said, okay, I'm gonna stop trying to sell to all of these people as much and see if I can get into the positive. And then I realized, yeah, more people who have positive things come to me. But then if I can't give them the potion that they need, then and they walk away, I get negative points. I have an idea for a game now from this. We need a game yeah. where you build a speakeasy. Yes. During prohibition. Or something similar to that. Have a back a side business on the back that is fencing or whatever. Um, kind of like Moonlighter or any of this. But it's like, alright, here's the deal. This is like illegal. Yes. You have to make it a good business and also provide like an actual business on the other side of this. Like maybe mm. we got a laundromat and you're laundering money behind you. You know? Yeah. So you have to do both the actual business and run it, you know, so it looks legitimate. And then you have to have your side business that actually makes you money. Right, right, right. I, I think this money needs to be a thing. Yeah. Have you ever played Empire of the Sun? No. Okay. Or Empire of Sin. Sorry. Also no. <laughs> Empire of the Sun was a book. Empire of Sin. I uh, think I've heard... That's the, the Mafia one, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played it. I've seen a little bit. I think it was like a tactics game. It is more of a tactics game. No, not a fan. But yes, in that you do, pass. yeah. But in that you do take over businesses and set up, uh, you know, actual speakeasies and distilleries that you have to run and try to stay, you know, away from the law enforcement so that you can produce stuff and deal with the other mafia types and stuff. But probably not exactly what you're thinking of. However, uh, let's see, in recent years, I would say that genres, specific genres, ended up making me happier. Like, we talked a little bit about some of the Souls-ish games, and I have, I just got another one that I'll talk about once I play it Great. called Hellpoint. Which oh, okay. Says, uh, which, is, just to kind of give you the, the elevator pitch, imagine if you're on a space station and these Cthulhu like cosmic horror monsters came down onto it there's that i think we talked about that with the uh, slender clown a little bit like slender clown but they they like made a game out of slender clown think about that great for they, a second. they should pay us for it <laughs> yeah they really should it came out a couple years ago i i think that we can't really prove uh intellectual well, property sorry we, we can date that back a bit yeah we'll figure out a way anyway. to redate that anyway uh but anyway yeah a lot of those that i've uh been enjoying and then also the cozy games because i really do have a, a problem when it comes to cozy games <laughs> uh things like coral island or dreamlight valley or barren breakfast uh, yeah i i tried dreamlight valley which was funnish uh but i don't know cozy games don't really do it so much for me like they're fun in the short term i can't play them long term yeah 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 i understand um is it that they're just uh there's not enough meat on the bones for you I, or i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure okay um because i know recently you played uh satisfactory with us right and that's not a cozy game but not like i really thing. enjoy it there's the exploration a bit of combat there's all the building stuff and whatnot and that, to me, is, is fun and can be exciting, and I can do a lot of stuff. But then you get, you know, games where it's just, you're 
growing, you know, farming yeah. or getting food and going through day like a slice of life type games. Yes, a slice of life. Type don't games. I don't know. Like The Sims is one thing. Yeah, because that's just hilarious most of the time. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, the cozy games don't really do it the same way for me. I, I don't really know what it is. I feel like it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's too mundane. Maybe, maybe. Okay, yeah. I um, that well, there was one that I did play that I probably had higher uh, interest in though than a, a lot of them, which was like Slime Rancher Two, which actually kind of falls into that same category. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think there's more exploration and, like, platforming in that that makes it a little bit more, um, substantial for gamers that don't necessarily like... But, I mean, the main mechanic is still, hey, you can get these slimes and you can put them in the little... into their little pens and you can collect their plorts for money. But I really like those games. Uh, there's something... Uh, oddly satisfying about saying, "Hey, here's your farm." Sure. And, and just uh, I played. Go, I played many hours of farming sim. The only thing I wish with that is that you know the farming is fine, but I wish there was actually like a. Again, this is an issue I was talking about you with uh, Timberborn. Is that I wish there was some, some sort of like story campaign type deal. A goal. A goal. Yes, I like games that have some kind of goal. I understand and, that. Either I can set them myself, and we talked about this before with, uh, I think, Franchise Mode and Planet Zoo, which isn't so much there's a set goal, it's not sandbox. Here is, uh, you have actual money you need to worry about, and you have to do all this stuff, and actually, you know, you've got the goals of running a zoo looming over your head, so taking care of your animals, making sure your guests are happy, and making money, it's not just unlimited for your own sandbox. So even though it's not a, here's your goal right here, like this is the goal you want to reach, it is a goal of having a successful zoo doing what you want to do. Uh, I did find, however, that since I did get my Series X, uh, I wanted to go and play, uh, because I'm, I'm a glutton for it, is to go back to play some of the Borderlands games to see what they look like in 4K. with the with About the, the same. They look about the same. Because it's cell shading. Yeah, because it's cell shading. They have the 4K upgrades, so there's that. Oh boy. And, you know, the uh, the detail is very impressive, very crystallized. But, you know, then of course I have to, you know, try all of them and uh, play different classes. And it gave me mostly an opportunity to play some of the Sirens, because I never did that originally. Sirens are uh, powerful. And it also reminded me that, uh, yeah, Borderlands 1 is, is uh, rough. Bad. Yeah, that's the reason I didn't play it. Yeah, just in terms of the the way that they they tell you data for like the guns, it's like it's very limited compared to like what happened in Borderlands Two. But now I'm realizing every time I try to boot those up, I fall asleep. So I think I'm gonna have to try playing something different. <laughs> Enough trying to get loot explosions. I need to do something different. Were you impressed with anything that you played this last year? Cyberpunk, maybe when it was finally fixed same same no man's sky no man's sky was pretty fun that's in the last year or two yeah i mean they they, they made a lot of improvements to those games it's good um games that came out specifically this year it's it's minimal you know i don't know what came out this year so exactly no idea that's okay because now we're going to be able to transport ourselves into the future and look forward into a crystal ball there's going to be a guy with a scythe and he's going to show us 
are an eminent demise. That's Perfect. I hope it's tomorrow. Yes, exactly. The the true spirit of the holidays. Thinking about death. Yes. Ooh, I felt the chill in the air. Oh, it's because it's snowing out. That's true. We're in the middle of a blizzard. Also, I Are think... Are calling it a blizzard? Winter storm. I thought that it was the chill from the ghost of gaming future. Oh, that could also be it. I'm thinking it might. Uh, because now we get to think forward into the future. Yeah. The world of tomorrow. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. And in the world of tomorrow, we think about games that are yet to be. Yes. And I'd prefer not to focus on VR. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, because, because okay, fine, whatever. But for me, personally, I don't think it's going to be a big thing. So, mostly, I wanted to discuss, like, things in the future that we were looking to, to do or play. Uh, starting with just some tabletop stuff. I've made mention of it. I don't know if I've mentioned it on one of our recorded shows, though. Um, which was that uh, my plan this coming year is to uh, run a game probably on our Discord channel uh, with some people that might be interested in it, uh, probably doing Kids on Bikes. If I can get a copy of it, right now it's a little bit hard to find one in print that isn't on yeah. a secondhand market. Um, there is also the possibility of doing either Teens in Space or Kids on Brooms, which are from the Renegade Studios 2, same basic system. Something that's going to be rules light, that's going to be easy to set up, and most importantly, something that you could probably do in, like, single-session mystery kind of stuff, so that okay. if, uh, if individuals didn't show up for something else, it's okay, you kind of have self-contained stories that you don't have to do over long periods of time. Um, more episodic stuff, which would be good. Something a little faster and more interesting that way. I've been looking at a lot of different systems that have much more basic rule sets than like a 5e or definitely a Pathfinder. Uh, <laughs> anything like that. Although I did try to look at Pathfinder and I was like, wow, I'm out of my depth here. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I've been looking at that. I've seen some other ones like Blades in the Dark is one people have talked a lot about. Um, Gumshoe is an interesting system that has some really interesting uh, frameworks around it. Uh, so, stuff like that, do you have any uh, tabletop things that well, you're hoping to do? I'm hoping to get both of the games that I backed on Kickstarter at some point in this coming year. That'd be good. Um, Avatar The Last Airbenders RPG they did. Yes. Uh, which, uh, you know, they had booted Satine Phoenix from that entire thing. Yes. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. No idea. Okay. And then the one David Somerville did with Atlas Games for 5e as a setting, which is playing uh, Gia. Still waiting yes. for that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to Primordial uh, setting for D&D. That looked fun. I definitely I have a copy of the PDF for that, and I think Avatar too. But mm. if I'm going to read a rule book, I, I don't want to do it on the screen. Yeah. I'm waiting for those. Oh, and then I have another one. I backed something by Chris Bissett. Uh, I think it was in Quiet Dark. So yeah. I'm waiting for that too. Um, so th those are a couple things I have incoming eventually here that I'd like to 
to get. Right. Um, Quiet Dark, I think, is probably going to be coming to you sooner rather than later. I, I'm hoping. Yeah, I've seen. I've, I know there, seen some there was a delay, so I haven't really backed anything of late. The last thing I think I backed was Coral Island, and I've gotten to actually play the early release of that. Although they have indeed been putting out a lot of um, like content updates. There's like a whole road of content updates for the next year or so. So well, that's good. I've been kind of uh, you know waiting to go back to play it until some of the bigger content updates come in. I talked a little bit about the fact that it you know it it definitely has some uh, missing content pieces that it needs. I had, I don't think I've really backed anything else on Kickstarter that's going to be coming out that I can remember. Yeah, I don't typically back a whole lot on there anymore. Part of that is because I don't want to wait two years for a product I paid for. And a lot of them, if they have any weight behind them, usually end up becoming available on Steam. I currently have access to, I was telling you before, the uh, Rogue Traders alpha, and I've played yes. a bit of that. It's, there's nothing like really terrible about it that I've noticed so far, so that's good, but sure. I haven't played nearly as much as other people have. For some reason, I thought that you were able to play a little of Diablo 4. Oh, yeah, I played the Diablo 4 beta. It is coming out in June. It's coming out I'm in not June. buying it. Maybe we'll discuss that on the next episode. Yeah, actually, we should talk about Diablo 4 a little bit. Yeah. That's a good one for next episode, end of the year, spectacular uh, that we're doing. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that in more detail. We have a little bit of understanding of some of the games that are going to be coming down the pike. Mostly, though, uh, I'm just kind of uh, looking forward. S some of the ones that are on my Steam wish list, like Nightingale, yep. is going to be an yep. interesting one for me. That one does look interesting. I I, I think I'm going to enjoy that one. Greedfall 2. Oh, they're going to do Greedfall 2? Oh, Spiders yeah. is really cranking them out uh they mm -hmm. had still rising this year they're going to be doing the other one yeah no there's a few that are, are going to be coming out that look really interesting there was one that i just saw that's going to be coming out in 2023 called pal world i don't know if you've seen that one no i haven't maybe we'll look at it together at some point it looks um okay. i'll send you a link it's uh something <laughs> it's, something it's something uh and then dune awakening actually is uh, going to be coming out at some point which is like survival game, but like in Dune. Dune, yeah. Which is Dune like, is a survival game. Dune, by its very nature, is a survival game, so it makes perfect sense that they're doing. Do you, that. Do you have to do the walking on the sand that specific way? Oh man, I really wish that they did actually have those, because there are going to be the giant sandworms. Yeah, you are. I don't remember what it was. Sandworms. I've never, I've never read Dune, and I haven't watched it because oh boy, there's so much lore around Dune. It is hard. Like, I saw the most recent movie, and there's going to be a second part to it. How long was the recent movie? Uh, two and a half, three hours, something like that. I, I would fall asleep before the end of that. Surprisingly, I had no problem staying awake for it. I lay down and want to watch something that's 30 minutes long and fall and asleep. And you fall asleep. Yeah, I know. That happens more and more to me, too, now. Um mm. Maybe it's because we're approaching the, the, the sweet release of death. I don't know. <laughs> slowly, the, reaper is just, the Reaper is conditioning us. The Reaper is the reaper's reminding us of what our grave is going to be. Um, so, yeah, no, there's a few in, like the, in the real short term that I'm looking forward to. 
but, you know, nothing that I'm necessarily holding my breath until I can get my hands on it. But, you know, I'm gonna be interested to see what they do with some of these. Actually, like, I'm looking at some of Dune Awakening, and it's like, looks beautiful. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Looks, looks really nice. Um, whether it ends up being good, I don't know. So, some stuff to look forward to, some stuff to be in- impressed by, um... Not necessarily uh, the the VR. I know some people really do like the VR, but, you know... I haven't I'm... tried it. I want to like it. I also want it to be better implemented and cheaper. Those are definitely things that I'd like. I'd like the motion controls of, like, actually moving around to be a little bit more uh, implemented if we're going to, you know, have my hands tied up with the actual controllers i don't yeah. want to also use it for motion while i'm trying to you know yeah but i mean i could get vr and play my uh my spaceship game really dangerous i could play that in vr yep. but yeah. i have no reason to want to play that in vr yeah oh i think that they had a vr version of that uh star wars squadrons the that was Probably. also in the which i have on epic for free i i actually had it i had it on both my uh game pass but then they they also released it on epic so i got it both places but played a little bit of it interesting not gonna lie probably not not my favorite okay not my favorite star wars game i was kind of just surprised that they just made it and it kind of came out of nowhere that's always the fun thing too is that like, I'm looking at some of the games that are going to be coming out and what's going to be coming out. But then there are always, like, these surprises every year that you never knew were, were going to be released because no one talked about it. And then they ended up being, like, a big thing. So I'm looking forward to the surprises. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, oh, what is it? They announced the Jedi Fallen Order 2? Jedi Survivor. Thanks. Jedi Survivor. Yeah, that one. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm just really glad that they decided to put a $70 price tag on it. Yeah. I mean, what I will say, not that I necessarily think that they can justify the price, but at least when they had Fallen Order and theoretically in Survivor, they eschewed any kind of loot boxes or pay-to-win mechanics or anything Yeah, but at like that, that point, you're already paying for those things. Pretty much. Paying- $20 more than a typical game. Right. I, I pay 70 bucks if I want to get like a deluxe edition of a game with all the bells and whistles added on in cosmetics. Yeah, yeah. If 70 bucks is the barrier to entry to play the game, I'm probably not going to play it ever. For a base game, that's quite a bit. I think the most that I've actually paid for a game, I think I paid like 100 and it was for Borderlands 3 but it was the Borderlands 3 in the Metal Case Ultimate Edition, so it had all of the additional stuff, and it was basically the um, season pass, so it was all four of the expansions were included in it. Oh, great. Yeah, season's pass is also a thing I don't like. We're not going to get into that, though. Yeah, I I understand people's uh, hesitation. I only really have done season passes when I know that I'm liking the game, and I Mm. might as well try to get a discount, because I know I'm going to want want all of the add-ons <laughs> when i know i'm gonna want the dlc to play the dlc i usually will get the season pass because it will um be cheaper nowadays maybe not so much typically now i just kind of wait because they're usually going to go on sale and a lot of the new games even will go on sale inside the year that they were released i just saw that the new saints row that just came out this year uh is having a sale right now where it's like oh. 30 40 percent off 
Well, you know why that is, right? Because it wasn't very good. Because it bombed. And it didn't sell very well, yeah. No. Yeah. Be well, I I'm sure you've heard Yahtzee's zero punctuation on it. I think what Yahtzee is, <laughs> is that it's a bit reductive to go balls to the wall Saints Row like they did. And then just try to take this and just, like, reboot the series from the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like, after Saints Row 4 where you literally have an alien invasion and you get stuck inside of a simulation where you get superpowers after you had become the president of the of the United States so that you can try to save humanity and then there's time travel involved and space lasers and stuff and and, and then go from that to hey a bunch of kids want to start like a like a new gang Listen, the, uh, there's a really easy way to do a new game in that series, and mm. it's called telling somebody else's fucking story. Yes. Like, I can kind of understand if they were going for the idea of, like, hey, these kids uh, heard about the Saints and they wanted to, like, build their own Saints because <laughs> it sounded fun. Like the fanfic version of Saints Row, but uh, I, I just, uh, the, the characters were apparently also kind of bland, the writing was kind of bland by comparison, enemies were damage sponges, and so, you know, we end up with a, with, with a problem. That seems yeah. to be a common thing with, like, reboots now, is that, you know, they yeah. try, there's, there was nowhere you could really go from Saints Row 4, though, it's really very difficult to go there. Well, it's fine, again, there are two ways to do it. New character that you play as, new storylines and everything like that, perfectly fine, do it in a different area of your game. Right. Not a problem. Another thing you could do, base it in the past, base it in the future. Doesn't yeah. have to be time travel. It could be 50 years ago. It could be 200 years in the future. Doesn't fucking matter. Essentially, you do the Assassin's Creed thing. Every time you start a new Assassin's Creed, it's just a different era and a different place. Sure. You know, and it'd be done. fine. Yeah. I'd do Saints Row in the mobster area. Era. Oh, yeah. The Saints, <laughs> go, the Saints go back to Prohibition era. Yeah. The Saints go marching in. The problem that Saints Row 4 had was that it's very difficult to go uh, further with that framework. Especially after, like, the follow-up to that, the standalone was Gat Out of Hell, where Johnny Gat literally goes down to hell to try and save the boss with Kinsey. And then they get, like, hell powers. What are your hopes for the future of gaming? Games that hold my attention is actually a good hope. Games that, uh, for me, it's games that aren't going to be pay-to-win. That I uh, mean, that's always a hope. The hope is that they don't do what it looks like they're trying to do, which is take a lot of the mobile cash cow kind of... <sighs> this is why we're going to talk about Diablo 4 in the next one. Yeah. I want more original IPs. I know, mm -hmm. that, I know that one of the reasons why they reboot a lot of series is, quite frankly, because the big gaming companies want a safe bet for something that has name recognition so that they know that they're going to theoretically sell stuff on the back of a license. It's the same reason why you have sequels to movies, um, yeah. cinematic universes. It's the same thing. It's like you, you hope that you have a built-in audience. Um, but, uh, but the problem is, is that it eventually becomes completely stagnant and people lose interest in it over the course of time. I would like to see new original IPs. Uh, the ones that I was just mentioning are kind of original IPs, some of them. I want them to be good and I yeah. want them to be substantial so that we can play other new things and not just a copy of a copy of a copy of something that we played 20 years ago. So I'm hoping that that stuff happens uh, before the specter of death comes to claim me. There it is. Ah!
That was crazy. You got visited by spirits. Are you feeling... And it's not even Halloween. It is Halloween. Wait, no, wrong song. I don't know if anyone told Charles Dickens that the ghosts are supposed to be for Halloween. They can't be for Christmas. It can be both. Nightmare Before Christmas proves this. We got visited by the spirit of games. Uh, do you feel any better than when we started? Uh, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my soul. Yes. It's, it's or elevated. it's just my soul leaving my body. It's non-corporeal now. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Well, I think, though, that we have reinvigorated the spirit of the holidays somehow, theoretically. Theoretically. Uh, yeah. But hey, in the meantime, though, if uh, anyone out there was interested in learning more about Total Pebble Knockdown, the spirit of TPK or anything else that we talk about. Alex, where could they go all year round? You can find our spirits over at, or you can raise your spirits, perhaps, and maybe the undead, over at TotalPebbleKnockdown.com. That was a different series we did. You can find that over there, too. And hey, if you want some extra little gifts all year round, you can even join our Patreon, because we have some bonus content over there, and we have early releases of full video versions of these, uh these uh, episodes before they even come out and all the other content that we put over there so that's fun or if you would like a little gift for yourself or someone else who you think is a total knockdown check out our merch we got shirts hats uh i think there's a mug and we have our cool bone zone t-shirt i gotta pick myself up one of those bone zone t-shirts you really should it's a conversation starter if nothing else yeah i gotta get me one of those maybe I, I, it's not gonna arrive before christmas but you know maybe before the new year if i'm lucky maybe we need to get another version of that shirt yes that says, that says something on the back it's wanna get boned yeah a shirt that nobody asked for from a gaming opinion and commentary podcast. <laughs> Swipe down for bones. Anyway, uh... Anyways. Anyway, if you would like to uh, follow along with anything that we do, we are on various social media networks, uh, and uh, you can usually find me at Titanium. You can find me at EXP Limited, wherever I am. And you can find our show over at Pebble Knockdown. At Pebble Knockdown, exactly. Uh, more recently, I actually started setting up a little Instagram for us where I can put some of the short videos and we can, um, you know, tell people about some of the new video releases. So if you're over there, we're Total Pebble Knockdown, obviously. It's easy to find us. So, uh, yeah, join us for any of those. I think kind of like the short-form content works really well because also we get those nice graphics because of our, um, our art designer, uh, yes. it, it, it's nice to be able to show some of that stuff off on, on a format. So at any rate, yeah, you can find us on any of those places. If you listen to us on any of the podcast apps, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is applicable. And uh, we always appreciate hearing people over there because some people have actually probably not realized that we actually do the podcast. A lot of people have been coming from the videos more recently that they've watched those and didn't realize that it's part of a podcast we actually do. <laughs> yeah, we do a podcast. That's a thing we do. It's not just those silly <laughs> shorts that you watch on Saturday, which a lot of people apparently watch. <laughs> so, you should just post this as a short. Just post the entire episode as a short. No, just this one part where you're talking about the podcast being a thing. Oh, yeah, we should do that, yeah. On the 12 Days of Delvemus. It's not Delve anymore. 12 Days of Pebbleness. 
whatever it is. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on that. Thank you for joining us on the Total Pebble Knockdown Holiday Extravaganza. We've gotten our holiday spirit back. Great. Now give it a shot in the skull. You gotta appease the Reaper somehow. I love that. I love that the whole like a takeaway from Scrooge was, "Hey, I'm gonna die one day, so screw it." <laughs> it's kind of great. Anyway, uh, we're hoping that you get visited by some uh, friendly ghosts. Maybe Casper uh, on this holiday season. And thank you for joining us. Hope you have a warm and merry one. And we will see you on the next episode. Good night for now. And to all a good night. Wait, that doesn't work. Bye. To Merry, merry Christmas to all. And to all a good nightmare before Christmas. See what we did there? And cut. And cut. Maybe the backdrop I can find for this will just be wreaths next to a hearth. Just have a hearth. There you go. Yeah, it's whatever. Just the wreaths on fire. Wreaths on fire. Yeah, it starts off with the wreaths, and then when we're like, screw it, it just becomes the wreaths on fire for the rest of That would be funny. (laughs) That'd be good. Here are your four ghosts. Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Okay, yeah, we got it right. In Ms. Pac-Man. No. Clyde becomes Sue, and also Tim and Junior Pac-Man. I saw a t-shirt one time that I liked a lot that was called uh, You Have Died of Dysentery and Velociraptors. Jurassic Trail. How about I've Died of Dysentery Raptors? Dysenteraptors? Yeah, Dysenteraptors. Dysenteraptors, yeah. Somebody's gotta make that game. I caught a shiny manky, which turned into a which turned into a shiny primate. We should have had the specter of internet death. Always <laughs> looming over the horizon. Over, over, always looming over the horizon. Sorry, always looming over the Verizon. Yes. Perfect. <laughs>